Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Let me tell you something about Goosebumps. I don't think Goosebumps has ever scared anybody. Like, I, I don't. I don't remember a time where I was scared by Goosebumps at all. Maybe it was because I started reading Goosebumps when I was like 15, maybe. But I always thought Christopher Pike was scarier than R.L. Stein. You know, like the Fear Street books, like, okay, whatever. But Christopher Pike had some stuff like people actually getting murdered in his books. Like, there was one I remember where it was a cheerleader camp. Yeah, it was cheerleading, whatever. You you already know I read the, the Babysitter's Club, so cheerleading is nothing. But it was cheerleaders, and somebody was murdering the cheerleaders, and one of the cheerleaders got into the shower in the uh, at the school after practice, and they turned the water, the murderer turned the hot water up so high that the cheerleader skin burned off their body they don't do nothing like that in goosebumps but goosebumps was like the junior version of horror like i guess for like kids goosebumps probably just like took people out so um i read it not so much for the scariness but for each each book i found had like a gotcha ending you know like a twist ending and i love a good twist um and one of my favorite ones was why i'm afraid of bees um but i don't remember why so <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and read this it's probably gonna take like two days um and hopefully i get to see why it scared me so much or not why it scared me but what the gotcha moment was that pulled me in and then we'll go from there and then we'll read something else and hopefully we get around to reading a book where somebody's skin gets burned off in the shower. Because we still have like 15 more days of October. And I still have work to get out. So we gonna see. But for your own listening pleasure and your kids, because it's clean. I present to you R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. Uh, book 17, I think. Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Chapter 1. If you're afraid of bees, I have to warn you, there are a lot of bees in this story. In fact, there are hundreds. Up until last month, I was afraid of bees. And when you read this story, you'll see why. It all started in July when I heard a frightening buzz. The buzz of a bee. I sat up straight and searched all around, but I couldn't see any bees anywhere. The scary buzzing sound just wouldn't stop. In fact, it seemed to be getting louder. It's probably Andretti again, I told myself, ruining my day as usual. I had been reading a stack of comic books under the big maple tree in my backyard. Other kids might have had better things to do on a hot, sticky summer afternoon, like maybe going to the pool with their friends. You know, I understand that there might be a ton of things. There's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. I'm not going to go any further. Um, like, maybe. Um, but not me. My name is Gary Lutz. Not to be honest, I don't have many real close friends. Even my nine-year-old sister, Chrissy, doesn't like me that much. My life is the pits. Why is that? I constantly ask myself. What exactly is wrong with me? Why do all the kids call me names like Lutz the Klutz? Why does everyone always make fun of me? Sometimes I think it might be because of the way I look. That morning, I had spent a long time studying myself in the mirror. I stared at myself for at least half an hour. I saw a long, skinny face, a medium-sized nose, and straight blonde hair. Not exactly handsome, but not terrible. Bzzz. I can't stand that sound, and it was coming even closer. I flopped over on my stomach. Then I peered around the side of the maple tree. I wanted to get a better view of my neighbor's yard. Oh no, I thought. I was right. The buzzing sound was coming from Mr. Andretti's bees. My neighbor was at it again. He was always hanging out in the back by his garage, messing with those bees of his. How could he handle them every day without worrying about getting stung, I asked myself. Didn't they give him the creeps? 
I climbed on my knees and edged a few inches forward. Even though I wanted to get a better look at Mr. Andretti, I didn't want him to see me. The last time he caught me watching him, he made a big deal out of it. He acted as if there was some kind of law against sitting outside in your own backyard. What's this? He bellowed at the top of his lungs. Did someone start a neighborhood watch committee without informing me? Or is the FBI recruiting 10-year-old spies these days? Yeah, this book definitely wasn't made for me as a 15-year-old. I don't think I was 15, though. Like, I just don't remember when I started reading these books. It just seems like Goosebumps was always there. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was 12. We'll say 12. But I do remember them being in the Scholastic Book Club papers as things you could buy. Or maybe not. I don't know. I could be making that up. 15 was a long time ago. This last remark really steamed me because Mr. Andretti knows perfectly well that I'm 12 years old. After all, my family's lived next door to him for my entire life, which is bad luck for me, mainly since I'm afraid of bees. I might as well confess right away. I'm scared of a few other things too, such as dogs and big mean kids and the dark and loud noises and swimming in the ocean. I'm even scared of claws. That's Chrissy's dumb cat. But most of all, I'm scared of bees. Unfortunately, with a beekeeper for a neighbor, there are always bees around. Hairy, crawling, buzzing, stinging bees. Meow. I jumped up as claws as the cat came creeping up behind me. Why do you have to stalk me like that? I cried. As I spoke, claws moved forward and wrapped himself around my leg. Then he dug his long, needle-sharp claws into my skin. Ouch! I screamed. Get away from me! I cannot understand how Chrissy can love that creature so much. She says he only jumps on me because he likes me. Well, all I can say is I don't like him, and I wish he'd keep away from me. When I finally managed to chase Claws away, I went back to studying my neighbor. Yes, I'm scared of bees. And I'm fascinated by them, too. I can't seem to stop watching Mr. Andretti all the time. At least he keeps his hives in the screened-in area behind his garage. That makes me feel pretty safe. And he acts as if he knows what he's doing. In fact, he acts as if he's the world's greatest living expert on bees. Today, Mr. Andretti was wearing his usual bee outfit. It's a white suit and a hat with a wire screen veil hanging down to protect his face. His clothes are tied with string at the wrists and ankles. He looks like some kind of alien creature out of a horror movie. As my neighbor carefully opened and closed the drawer-like sections of his hanging hives, I noticed he wasn't wearing any gloves. Once, when I was with my dad, Mr. Andretti had explained this to us. It's like this, Lutz, he says. Lutz is my father, Ken Lutz. Naturally, during this entire conversation, Mr. Andretti had acted as if I wasn't even there. Your average beekeepers usually wear gloves, he explained. A lot of the brave ones use gloves with no fingers and thumbs so they could work with the bees more easily. Mr. Andretti thumped himself on the chest and went on. But your truly outstanding beekeeper, such as myself, likes to work with his bare hands. My bees trust me. You know, Lutz, bees are really a lot smarter than most people realize. Oh, sure, I said to myself at the time. If they're really so smart, why do they keep coming back to your hive and letting you steal all their honey from them? The humming from Mr. Andretti's hive suddenly grew louder and more threatening. I stood up and walked over to the fence between our two backyards. I gazed into the screened-in area to see what was going on. Then I gasped out loud. Mr. Andretti's white suit didn't appear white anymore. It had become black. Why? Because it was totally covered with bees. As I stared, more and more of the insects oozed out of their hives. They crawled all over Mr. Andretti's arms and chest and even on his head. I was so grossed out I thought I might puke. Mr. Andretti's hat and veil shimmered and bulged as if they were alive. Wasn't he scared of all those stingers? As I leaned over the fence, Andretti suddenly yelled at me, Gary, look out! I froze. Huh? The bees, Mr. Andretti screamed. They're out of control. Run! Chapter 2 I never ran so fast in my life. I charged across the yard and stumbled up the back steps of my house. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. 
black folks such as myself and my wife have a rule that if somebody says run, we might question it five blocks later. If five people are running and they don't look like they're wearing jogging outfits, we might question the logic of them running 10 blocks later, standing next to them while we interview them. If a stampede comes, we won't be trampled because we'll be in front of the stampede because we're already running. So when this guy who's an adult told this kid to run and he's already scared of bees, okay, I, I might run too. Like, why are you running down the street, Derek? I don't know. My spidey sense was tingling. I just felt like it was the best thing to do at the time. But now my cardio is good. You see how many steps I got in? I charged across the yard and stumbled up the back steps of my house. I flung open the screen door and almost fell into the house. Then I stopped and leaned against the kitchen table, gasping for air. When I finally caught my breath, I listened hard. I could still hear the angry buzzing of the bees in the next yard. Then I heard something else. <laughs> Someone was laughing out there, and it sounded suspiciously like Mr. Andretti. Slowly, I turned around and peered out through the screen door. My neighbor was standing at the bottom of the back steps. He had taken off his bee veil, and I could see he had a huge grin on his face. Ha <laughs> ha! You should have seen the expression on your face, Gary. You never would believe how funny you looked, and the way you ran. I stared at him. You mean your bees weren't escaping? Mr. Andretti slapped his knee. Of course they weren't. I have complete control over those bees at all times. They come and go, bringing nectar and pollen back from the flowers. He paused to wipe some sweat off his forehead. Of course. Sometimes I have to go out and recapture a few lost bees with my net, but most of them know my hives are really the best home they could possibly have. So this was all a joke, Mr. Andretti. I tried to sound angry, but that's hard to do when your voice is shaking even harder than your knees. It was supposed to be funny? I guess that'll teach you to get a life and stop staring at me all day, he replied. Then he turned and walked away. I was so angry. What a mean trick. It was bad enough having kids my age pick on me all the time, but now the grown-ups were starting in. I pounded my fist on the kitchen table just as my mother walked into the room. Hi, Gary, she said, frowning. Try not to destroy the furniture, okay? I was just about to make myself a sandwich. Would you like one? I guess so, I muttered, sitting down at the table. Would you like the usual? I nodded. The usual was peanut butter and jelly, which I never get tired of. For a snack, I usually like taco chips. The spicier, the better. As I waited for my sandwich, I ripped open a new bag of chips and started chewing away. Uh-oh. Mom was rummaging through the refrigerator. I'm afraid we're out of jelly. Guess we'll have to use something else. She pulled out a small glass jar. How about this with your peanut butter? What is it? I asked. Honey. Honey? I shrieked. No way. Okay, look, so... Things that don't work on a peanut butter sandwich by Derek. No, I mean the list is by Derek. A peanut butter sandwich by me won't have these things on it, so you're fine. Also, this list is mine. If you don't agree with it, I don't really care. Apples. Apple butter. Marmalade. Apricots. Bananas. Oats. Grape jelly. Grape jelly is gross. Like, it's not gross gross, but if you have a choice between grape jelly and strawberry and you choose grape, I don't trust you. Strawberry is not as good as blackberry, but I mean, it's better than grape. Grape is just... I mean, when did you ever taste a grape that tastes like that? Seriously. Be real. Grape jelly tastes like purple. I've never tasted a grape that tastes like that. You know what grapes taste like? They taste like sweet. 
Like, I can't even give grape a flavor. Like, tangerines, they have this acidic, sweet taste of, like, orange. Like, you can taste it, and you can taste tangerines. And with peaches, you can taste the peaches. And bananas, you can taste the bananas. With grapes, all you taste when you eat a red or a green or a black grape. Black grapes are the best. I like them just like them. I like my wife, seedless. But... They don't taste like anything. They're just sweet and refreshing and great. Watermelon. Does watermelon taste like something? Pineapple tastes like something. I don't think watermelon really tastes like anything either. Like, it just hits. But grape doesn't taste like anything. And it dang sure doesn't taste like grape jelly. Grape jelly is... That's why they don't call it grape preserves. Because it's not. That is a hoax y'all have been had you did not land on Plymouth Rock Plymouth Rock landed on you also not honey honey belongs on biscuits and on my uh, beer soaked honey fried chicken holla at me consistently good later I was feeling lonely I wandered over to the school playground as I walked by the swing set I saw a bunch of kids I knew from school they were standing around the baseball diamond choosing up sides for a game I joined them. Maybe, just maybe, they let me play. Gail and I are captains, a boy named Louis was saying. I walked over and stood at the edge of the group. I was just in time. One by one, Louis and Gail picked players for their teams. Every kid was chosen. Every kid except one, that is. I was left standing by myself next to home plate. That's on you. That's on you. Did you count before you before you just jumped in? They might have already had enough for teams. They might have been waiting to have enough for teams. I know at the court, like when you go to the gym to play basketball, they will literally wait until they have 10 players and their game will break out. If, they, if you're the 11th and you don't get picked, the odds were not in your favor. Them other 10 have already been there strategizing, forming alliances and stuff, and you just showed up at the end. You ain't going to get picked. Go home. As I slumped my shoulders and stared down at the ground, the captain started fighting over me. You take him, Gail, Louis said. No, you take him. No fair. I always get stuck with Lutz. And you can't play either? I mean, I understand. You want to go out and have fun, I guess. But honestly, me doing something that I'm not good at with kids that I don't think really like me isn't my idea of a good time. That just sounds like torture. Like you already said, they make fun of you. Why do you want to go do a sport that you're not good at where they're going to fight over how to pick you? At that point in time, just go home. Charge it to the game. Go home. Real talk. Treat it like it's the, um, what was that that movie with the L7 weenie and, and, and forever, the sandlot. Treat it like it's the sandlot. Go home. Ask your daddy to teach you how to catch, get hit in the face of the ball, show up the next day, find a kid who's really good at baseball. He's going to tell you, just put your glove in the air, put your glove in the air, catch the ball that he sends your way. All of a sudden, you're going to be good at baseball. Also, you have one black friend. That's how this should work out. As the two captains argued over who was going to be stuck with me, I could feel my face getting redder and redder. I wanted to leave, but then they would all said I was a quitter. No, they wouldn't. They don't want you there. They would have been like, thank you. Finally, Gail sighed and rolled her eyes. Oh, all right, she said. We'll take him. But remember the special Lutz rule. He gets four strikes before he's out. I'm going home. I don't want to be here at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go home and come back and all y'all going to get it because I'm coming back with water blooms with piss in it. Like, you ain't going to make up a special rule for me. That's not what we going to do. Special rule for me is y'all better watch out because he going to hit a home run. Four strikes before I'm, I'm going home. Nope. I swallowed hard and followed my teammates out onto the diamond. At that point, Luck was with me. Gail sent me to the outfield. Go way out and right, Lutz, Gail ordered. By the back fence. No one ever hits it out there. I mean, it's a good idea to send him way out to right because you already have all your players and he's one extra. So you literally have one extra kid on your team. Put him behind the outfielder. Double up. Do you? 
That's the words. Who knew? Not do you. But do you. Stand behind the kid. Make faces at him. No one cares. Some kids might be angry about being stuck so far away from the action, but I was grateful. If no balls were hit to me, I wouldn't have a chance to drop them the way I always did. Why are you there? As I watched the game, my stomach slowly tied itself into a tight knot. I was last in the batting order, but when my turn at the plate finally came around, the bases were loaded. I picked up the bat and wandered out towards the plate. A groan rose up from my teammates. Lutz is up? Someone cried in disbelief. Easy out, yelled the girl playing first baits. No batter, no batter, no batter. Everyone on the other team hooted and laughed. I'm sorry, kiddo. Have you tried marbles? I know. How about a spelling bee? Like... Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Gail put her face in her hands. I ground my teeth together and started praying. Please let me get a walk. Please let me get a walk. I knew I could never hit the ball, so a walk was my one and only hope. Why are you there? Three letters. Why are you? Why are you there? Why are you playing? Why are you competing? Why are you don't even like these kids? You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not. This sounds biblical. This sounds biblical. I am not going to play a game in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> he maketh me lay down in still pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I have not had a hit since 1989, I shall fear no baseball. The bat and the glove deceiveth me. Surely I shall be a scrub for the rest of my life. And I shall have the Lutz rule put before me forever and ever. Amen. Go home. Why are you here? <sighs> of course I struck out. Four straight strikes. Let's the klutz, I heard someone cry. Then a lot of kids laughed. Without looking back, I marched off the baseball diamond and away from the playground. I was headed home towards the peace and quiet of my own room. It might not be perfect, I thought, but at least no one at home teased me about being a klutz. Why'd you even come outside? Hey, look, guys, a voice shouted as I turned on my street. Hey, wow, it's Lutz the Klutz, someone else answered. Looking good, dude. I couldn't believe my bad luck. The three voices belonged to the biggest, meanest, toughest creeps in the entire neighborhood. Barry, Marv, and Carl. They're my age, but at least five times big. I mean, these guys are gorillas. Their knuckles drag on the sidewalk. And when they're not swinging back and forth on a tire swing in their gorilla cage, what's their favorite activity? You guessed it. Beating me up. Give it a break, guys, I pleaded. I'm having a bad day. They laughed. You want a break, Let's? One of them shouted menacingly. Here. I only had time to blink as I watched a huge, mean-looking fist heading right for my nose. At home, drawing pictures of mountaintops with him on top. Lemon yellow sun, arms raised in a V. And bodies laid in pools of bloom, bloom. That's what he sounds like. Like when I read this as a kid, it was nothing. But this kid is going to be an active shooter one day. He may not be able to play baseball, but he's dang sure going to be a shooter. Chapter 3. A long, painful 10 minutes later. Did beatings only take 10 minutes? Like, I, I don't know. I've, I've only been jumped once. It took a lot longer than 10 minutes. It felt like it felt like forever. Hmm. A long, painful 10 minutes later, I walked through the back door of my house. Fortunately, my mom was somewhere upstairs. She didn't see my bloody nose, scratched, bruised arms, and torn shirt. All I needed was for her to start fussing over me and threatening to call the other boy's parents. If that happened, Barry, Marv, and Carl really would kill me the next time they saw me. As I crept up the stairs, Claws the Cat came leaping out at me. Yow! Whoa! I was so shocked I almost fell back down the stairs. Get away from me, you monster! I pushed the cat away and hurried down the hall to the bathroom. I gazed into the mirror and almost heaved. 
I looked like roadkill. I rinsed off my nose with ice cold water. Then I cleaned off all the blood and staggered to my room. I took off my ripped up t-shirt and hid it behind my bed. Then I put on a winter shirt with long sleeves. It would be hot, but it would hide my scratched arms. Downstairs in the kitchen, I found Mom and Chrissy. Mom was getting out mixing bowls and eggs, and Chrissy was tying a big apron around her waist. As usual, Claus was purring and wrapping himself around Chrissy's legs. Why did he act like such an innocent little kitten around her and such a monster around me? Hi, Gary, my mom said to me. You want to help us make peanut butter cookies? No, thanks, I said, but I'll lick the bowl for you later. I walked over to the table and picked up the bag of taco chips I had left there before. Well, at least you can help by getting the new jar of peanut butter out the cupboard and opening it for me, Mom said. This recipe calls for a lot of peanut butter. Sounds good, I said, just so long as it doesn't have any honey in it. I opened the cupboard door and took out the peanut butter. I tried to twist off the cap. I twisted as hard as I could, but the top just wouldn't move. I banged the jar on the countertop and tried again. Still no luck. You gotta strike it from the bottom. Like the meat of the palm of your hand, you hold the bottle in one hand, with the other hand you just you just hit it one good time, and that I don't know why. Do you know why, baby? Why? Why when you hit the bottom of the jar it, it loosens it to where you can open it up? Pressure, like the force of the pressure, like it moves some of the air that's trapped within the container, maybe. Yeah, you're right. I should Google it. You should. Why does hitting the bottom of the jar loosen stuff? Why does hitting a jar open it? The air that is in the jar cools. And therefore contract. What? No, it doesn't. That is not it. <laughs> Why does hitting a glass jar on the counter help loosen it? I would never hit a glass jar on the counter. When I can't unscrew a lid, I use a butter knife and hit the jar lid with the backside of the knife blade with a glancing counterclockwise blow. This nudges the lid in the direction of opening it. What? I just I just hit the bottom like I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. I'm, the bottom, or if I can't hit the bottom, I tap the lid on the like counter. Yeah. And then and then that that you know supposed to get the vacuum seal broken and all that kind of stuff, but you hit hit it from the bottom. You hit it from the back, people. That's the way they want it done. The back just mmm. Uh, mm. Do you have a wrench or something around, Mom? I asked. This thing just won't budge. Maybe if you ran hot water on it, my mother said. Oh, please, Chrissy said with a snort. Wiping her hands on her apron, she crossed the room and grabbed the jar away from me. With two fingers, she twisted off the cap. Then she started laughing her head off. My mom started laughing, too. Can you believe it? My own mother was laughing at me. Yeah, I can believe it. This is the 90s. Parents did not care. In the 80s and 90s, parents, I swear, I promise you, I, I, can't, I can't understand how parents became so overprotective now, but I know why we became advocates for our kids, and it's because our parents did not like us at all. Like, our parents were just like, y'all right, go outside and come back in when the streetlights come on, and not a minute earlier. I guess you forgot to eat your oat bran this morning, Mom said. I'm leaving, I muttered to Mom and Chrissy, forever. The two of them were laughing together. I don't even think they even heard me. Totally miserable, I stepped out the front door and slammed it hard behind me. I decided to ride my bike around the block a few times. When I went around to the side of the house and got it out the garage, I started to cheer up a little bit. My bike is really awesome. It's a new blue 21 speed, and it's real sleek and cool. My dad gave it to me for my 12th birthday. I jumped on my bike and headed down the driveway. As I turned onto the street, I saw some girls walking down the sidewalk. Out of the corner of my eye, I recognized them. Wow, I thought. It's Judy Donner and Caitlin Davis. Both Judy and Caitlin go to my school. They're really pretty and very popular. To be honest, I've had a major crush on Judy since the fourth grade. And once, 
at the fifth grade picnic, she actually smiled at me. At least I, I think it was me. So when I saw those girls walking down the street, I decided it was a good time to try to be really cool. I flipped my baseball cap around so the brim was at the back of my head. Then I folded my arms across my chest and started pedaling no-handed. As I passed them, I glanced over my shoulder and flashed my most glamorous smile at Judy and Caitlin. Before my beautiful smile faded, I felt a tug in my sneaker. I realized instantly that my shoelace was caught in the chain. A horrible grinding sound filled the air. The bike jerked and lurched from side to side, and I lost control. Gary, I heard Judy shriek. Gary, look out for that car. Watch out for that tree. Chapter 4. Crack. I didn't see the lamppost until I hit it. As I toppled off my bike and shot sideways through the air, I heard the sound of metal crumpling, ripping, and shredding. I shredding. Metal shredding. That's a weak bike. Also, this kid has the worst luck. I landed on my <laughs> I landed on my face in a deep, warm puddle of mud. I heard the car rumble past me. Slowly, I pulled my face out of the mud. I guess I didn't look too cool, I thought bitterly. Maybe at least I'll get a little sympathy. No way. I could hear Judy and Caitlin laughing behind me on the sidewalk. Nice bite, Gary, one of them called. They hurried away. If this kid... I'm just saying, Jeremy spoke in class tonight. That's, that's all I'm saying. This kid is on the edge. I had never been so humiliated in all my life. If I could have, I would have put down roots in that mud puddle and turned myself into a tree. It might not have been the most exciting life in the world, but at least no one laughed at a tree. I'm serious. At that moment, I would have happily traded lives with a tree, or a bird, or a bug, or just about any other living object on the planet. With that sad thought, I decided to get myself up and out of there before anyone else came along. It took all of my strength to peel my wrecked bicycle off the lamppost. Luckily, I didn't have far to drag it. Like, what did you do? How'd you... Your shoelace got caught in your chain. Okay, cool. How'd you wreck your bike? I don't get it. I don't understand. Talk to me like I'm five. How did you wreck your bike? Like, how did you hear your met the metal shredding? What happened? For the second time in the same afternoon, I crept into my house and up the stairs so I can get cleaned up before anyone saw me. Now, as I studied my reflection in the bathroom mirror, I saw there was no way I could hide all my cuts and scrapes from my mom. Oh, who cares, I moaned as I washed the mud off my face and hands. Who cares if mom sees him? I'll be doing her a favor by giving her something else to laugh at. It'll really make her day. Dramatic. I went back into my room and changed to my last clean shirt. Then I glanced around, trying to find something to do. I decided to boot up my computer. Playing with my computer is one of the few things I really like. When I'm lost in the world of a computer game, sometimes I can actually forget I'm a total jerk named Gary Lutz. No one in the computer game ever calls me Lutz the Klutz. I turned on the computer and decided to have another try at the Planet Monstro fantasy game I had been stuck on for two days. Monstro is a really cool game. When you play it, you're a character named the Warrior. That's not really a name. You're, you're a warrior. You're not named the Warrior. You're not a wrestler. And you're trapped on the planet Monstro. You have to get yourself out of all kinds of scary situations. Before I started to play, I thought I'd check computer note. One of the electronic bulletin boards are connected to on the computer. I left a message there on Monday, asking if anyone knew how to defeat the two-headed dragon that kept eating me on the 13th moon of Monstro. Sometimes, other people in the country who are playing the same game will send each other hints. When I accessed Computer Note, I saw the following computer game-related messages on the screen. To Arnold in Milwaukee. To Arnold in Milwaukee. Have you tried rubbing smashed up eucalyptus leaves all over yourself in the rainforest game? It's an ecologically correct way of repelling the poisonous ants in EcoScare 95 from Lisa in San Francisco. So yeah, I was 15. If this came out in 95, I was definitely 15. Okay, cool. To R in Sacramento. The only way to escape from the flood on your spaceship in Space Quest 20 is to inflate your suit and float away. From L in St. Louis.
to Gary in Millville. Try stabbing the dragon between the eyes. It worked for me. From Ted in Ithaca. Oh, terrific, I thought. I had been trying to stab the dragon between the eyes, but the creature always ate me before I could do it. What was Ted and Ithaca doing that I wasn't? I decided to leave another electronic note, asking Ted to explain what he meant. But as I started typing, I noticed another message at the very bottom of the computer screen. I read it. Then I read it again very carefully. Take a vacation from yourself. Change places with someone for a week. Okay, kids, gather around while I tell you about the internet before you were born. So back in the day, there was this thing called dial-up. Yeah, dial-up was this thing where you couldn't be on the internet if your parents were on the phone. Yes, we did not each have our own separate phones. Our phones were connected to the house. And the internet was connected to the phone. And when you were on the internet, they couldn't get telephone calls. And when they were getting telephone calls, you couldn't be on the internet. So it's a real push and pull situation. Loading anything took like 10 minutes to an hour. And Yahoo, yeah, figure that, was the big thing. Before Yahoo, the search engine was called AltaVista and Netscape. Microsoft Internet Explorer was the whole thing. You didn't have choices. Everybody played the same pinball game because it came with your computer. Nobody understood how to play the other game, which was Minesweeper. When you went on the internet, you went to Yahoo because Yahoo had a game board. And while you played the games in there, you chat with people. And the only way you could chat with people was to start off with the same three letters every single time. A-S-L. Age, sex, location. This before people knew about catfishing. So people were probably lying when they said that they were girls. I don't, I don't know. I just went in there to play games. But still, it didn't matter because I was in the middle of playing a game and I was about to win when all of a sudden my game shut off because my mom got on the internet or got on the phone. And by the time she got off the phone, it was like two hours later. Like maybe a year later, I convinced my mom to get a separate line in the house for the internet. But by that time, you know, I had already played the game and there was no looking back. Also, there were a ton of chat rooms. AOL had a chat room. Yeah, AOL was American Online. America Online. And they made a movie about that. Literally called You Got Mail. To cash in on the internet craze from back then. It was a wild time. Y'all got it easy now. Like, real easy. We suffered. Chapter 5. What could that mean? I pressed the enter button so I could read what was next. I desperately wanted more information about the message. This is what I saw. Take a vacation from yourself. Change place with someone for a week. Person to person vacations. 113 Roach Street, Suite 2B. Or call 1-800-555-SWAP. How could it possibly work, I asked myself. How could two people change lives without getting in all kinds of trouble? I had to admit, it sounded totally crazy. Crazy, but interesting. I yawned and scratched the back of my head. Ouch! My hand grazed one of the painful bumps I had gotten from Barry, Marv, and Carl. It really hurt, but the stab of pain helped me make up my mind. I was definitely ready for some changes in my life. I don't want to spend the rest of my life getting beat up, I told myself, or crashing the lamppost either, or being the last person chosen for the team. Dude, it's a week. Doing this is not going to change your life for the rest of your days. It's a week. Even if you change into Michael Jordan's body, you got a week. So you know what you better do? It's, I wrote this plan up a long time ago. If I inhabited Michael Jordan's body for a week, I would transfer half of his money into my account. That's the whole plan. Then I'll just sit back and play basketball and just wait. And then I come back and I'll be really rich. And then he'd come and find me and there'd be a whole lawsuit. But I'll make sure he signed a paper first. You know, I pledge that this money can go to Derek. That's how it will work. I took out a piece of paper and copied the address from the screen. 
As I did, I realized it was just a few blocks from my school. I knew just where it was. I could stop by the person-to-person office the next day. I'm really going to check it out, I decided. Making up my mind like that improved my mood a lot. I was beginning to feel almost cheerful when I went back downstairs, but not for long. When my family sat down in the dining room for dinner, my father noticed my banged up face. Gary, he exclaimed, what in the world happened to you? Uh, I said, I had a little accident on my bike. I winced as I said the word bike. I was thinking about the mangled wreck in the corner of the garage. I don't believe that for a minute, mom said. I'm sure you've been fighting with those big kids in the neighborhood again. Why in the world can't you children learn to settle your disagreements peacefully? See, his mom knew he was getting beat up. Moms back in the day did not care. They didn't care at all. My mom's favorite saying was, they can either beat you up or I can. One of us is going to fight. You can either go outside and fight or you can stay in here and fight me. And I ain't fighting my mom's like, what? So I went outside and I fought. Once I fought a kid named Tarzan. That was fun. Apparently Tarzan didn't have a real name. Like his real name was Tarzan. I tried looking him up on Facebook. I'm like, there can't be that many people named Tarzan. But apparently the kid really hated his theme song. You know. Tarzan the monkey man swinging on a rubber band along came Donkey Kong and knocked him in a garbage can. I was singing it. I was in second grade. I didn't know he was going to counterattack. Next thing I knew, I'm fighting a kid named Tarzan. Who knew? Double up. Like, I, if you had told me that somewhere in my short span of life, I'd be fighting a kid named Tarzan because I sang the song that everybody else in school sang. You can't beat us all up, Tarzan. My brother was there. He watched. When later on I asked him why he didn't help me from getting beat up by Tarzan the Monkey Man, he was white, it wasn't racist. Um, He said it was because Tarzan's his friend. And he didn't want to have to, you know, see him at school. So I, I told that my brother didn't help me when I was getting beat up by Tarzan. So did my brother beat me up. Yeah, I really just had a moment where I thought about all the things my brother did to me growing up. And I'm shocked that we're best friends now. Like, I've, I just have to say, I've been beat up by a lot of his friends. <laughs> he did not jump in, not once. Once I got beat up by a kid in new karate, oh, my brother did not help at all with that one. He said it was because the kid was younger than him, but really, he just didn't want to take a roundhouse kick to the face over a Shaquille O'Neal t-shirt. <sighs> Shaq Diesel. Chrissy started laughing so hard, she almost choked on her tuna casserole. Gary doesn't have any disagreements with those guys, Mom, she said. They just like to beat him up. My mother shook her head angrily. Well, I think that's just outrageous, she said. I have a good mind to call those boys' parents up right now and give them a piece of my mind. You know, if my son was beating somebody up, and a parent called me to tell me that my son was beating somebody up, I don't think the conversation would go the way the parent thought it would go. I don't know. I, I I would talk to my son, but what you ain't going to do is call me and be like, blah, blah, blah. Your son beat up my kid. Well, get good. My son took karate. What'd your son do? Get good. Hey, hey, beach body. Just go on there and lift some weights. Meet us in July. I don't let my kids fight between school months. They have to schedule all their fights for July. Outside of the school area. Yeah, it's a thing. I groaned loudly. I'm telling you, Mom, I really had an accident on my bike. If you don't believe me, go check out in the garage. Then my father did believe me. He started lecturing me about bike safety and why I should have been wearing my helmet and how I was going to have to pay to have the bike fixed with my own money. You can't. The bike literally shredded. Didn't he hear the metal shred?
After a while, I stopped paying much attention. As I pushed my casserole around on my plate, all I could think about was my plan for changing my life with person-to-person vacations. The sooner, the better, I thought. The sooner I get out of this life, the better off I'll be. Jeremy spoke in class today. We finished dinner, and I went upstairs to play on my computer again. I spent the rest of the evening with my Planet Monstro game. I kept trying to stab the dragon between the eyes, but even though I followed Ted from Ithaca's advice, I couldn't do it. The dragon ate me 23 times. Finally, I gave up and crawled into bed. I was so wiped out, I started drifting off to sleep almost right away. I turned over and pulled the blanket up under my chin. I curled up into a ball. The toes of my right foot touched something. The thing about video games back then, kids, we didn't have an easy mode like y'all got. But at the same time, we also didn't have to pay for downloadable content. If the game sucked, that was nothing I was going to save it. I have played some truly horrid games that made no sense. And I was forced to enjoy them because you know what? My mom paid for them. There was no demo. There was no returns. There was no nothing. You use your allowance to buy a game that at that point in time, honestly, only cost like 34 bucks. Who knew? Um, And you took it home and you played it. And if it was fun, you had a great time. And if it wasn't, so be it. I remember I snuck over to my friend's house once. He wasn't even my friend. He was just a kid from school. I snuck over to his house because he said he had a new video game for his Sega Genesis. And so I went there and I didn't tell my mom where I was going. So I went straight after school to his house. Even though usually I come straight home from school. Yeah, I, was, I think I was in like fourth grade, maybe fifth grade. So instead of going straight home after school like I usually did, I went to this kid's house after school to play this video game. And I sat there and I played that video game for a good, I don't know, it was dark when I got home. And so when I got home, color me shocked to hear a helicopter. And there were police lights and people were walking up and down the street with flashlights. And my mom was calling out my name like, Derek, Derek. And um, my grandma was inside the house just crying. I don't know where my brother was at the time. And like a lot of people, I didn't know where my father was. So imagine my mom's surprised when she's calling up and down the street for Derek and Derek walks right past her and walks into the house. <laughs> walks up to my grandmother, says hello. My grandma's crying. She looks up. I walk past her. I go into the back room. That whooping was a surprise. I tell you, I did not see that whooping coming. But when my mom asked me if she, if I knew, because my mom always asked. It wasn't for consent. It was, do you know why I'm whooping you. It was like the cops asking if you knew why they were pulling you over. And only fools say yes. But if you said no, my mom would talk for like 40 minutes about why she was going to whoop you. So you're sitting there and you're thinking you never know when the strike is going to come because she's holding the belt and she's just swinging it around her head and she's just talking and blacking out and stuff. So you're holding your hand in your in your other hand and you wrap your fingers around your wrist. So then when the, 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 the belt hits your hand, it doesn't reverberate all the way up your body and break your... I don't know why we held her arm. I don't, I don't know. But I'm holding it and she's talking, so I got tired. So I put my hand back down. And that's when she started whooping me on my hip. That's why you keep your hand up. Honestly, though, getting whooped on the hip didn't hurt because I was wearing jeans. Like, I realized something that day. I didn't laugh at her because she had been through a lot of trauma that day. My grandma pulled me to the side and was like, it's because she thought you got kidnapped. And I was like, oh, she didn't even say that. She just swung the belt around a lot and talked about responsibility and grades and my age and stuff. Like, that was a video game, Mom. I'm, I'm 10. You have sent me to this school every single day. There's no bus. There's just me and a bike going to this school that is like five miles away. I'm lying. It was like three. 
You turn here, you turn here, you turn here. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. And now you're talking to me about responsibility? I'm responsible. Don't whoop me. Whoop yourself. But, yep, caught that whooping. And the game wasn't even worth it. That's the whole story. The game was Buster Douglas Boxing. It was not worth it. That game was awful. It was almost, I think you fought against space creatures as a boxer. It was so bad. I got a whooping for a horrible game. That was when I should have checked myself in and said, I'm Derek and I'm addicted to video games. But nope. Instead, I decided at that very point when I grew up, I was going to put my mom in a home. <laughs> I, I'm lying. I am lying because I actually decided that when I was three. The first time she put me in preschool. But that's another story for another show, probably. Huh? I yelled out loud. What is it down there? My heart pounded in my chest. Slowly, I moved my toes again. Oh. My blood turned to ice. I jumped out of bed and let out a blood-curdling scream. 916-633-1537, ratchetandratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify, it takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser, copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.